well. Hi everybody, I'm from Alessandro Lonero from Performance Lab staff and welcome to this episode of Performance Quest with Francesco Cuzzolin as always at my side and with with the guest of today uh, direct from Toronto Raptors and uh, from NBA John Lee. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for accepting our invitation. I'll let you the word. Just introduce yourself to our fans and then we can start our conversation. Thanks again to be here. Thank you for the uh thank you for having me on. First of all, I want to thank uh Francesco for uh, asking me to be on this podcast. Uh you know, it's a great honor. Uh, Francesco, I don't know if everybody knows, but Francesco and I go way back. Uh he was the one responsible for me to become a Raptor. Uh, he was the head strength and conditioning coach, and he had the faith uh, in me to hire me as his assistant for for uh, the the years that he was there. And I'm, you know, I I can't say enough how truly grateful I am to this man, uh, this this, uh, this this person here who has become a brother to me. Okay, thank you, John. You know, I'm really uh, excited and honored to have you uh, like a special guest on our podcast. Once again, I cannot introduce you like a, like a, like a guest. I want to introduce you like a brother, <laughs> because uh, you know we are friends so long. Uh, and uh, once again, you're speaking like being my assistant. You wasn't my assistant. You was a kind of a partner, like a kind of associate. You know, we were working together uh, every day. You know, jumping on any 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 issue and uh, trying to find a way to, to to make our job in the best way. So I'm so happy and uh, really proud that uh, you have uh, this great professional uh, experience, uh, becoming also the head strength conditioning coach of the year in NBA. That's not the case. You deserve it, I tell you, from day first. So thanks again to be with us today because uh, uh, I think we are talking about a very important topic, uh, about how to manage in a proper way the off-season period. And um, let's say sharing and comparing the two approaches, you know, the MEA approach and uh, let's say the European approach. That's just a kind of uh, amount of games, uh, a density of games, length of the, of the off-season period. So it will be very important for our, all our listeners you know, to have a different opinions how to manage um, our athletes in the best way in this moment of the year. So I, I'm jumping straight on the, on, on the first question that I want to, uh, to, 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 to share with you. It's, uh, uh, okay, off-season, uh, it's, you know, it's a period where players usually uh, try to rest uh, from uh, the very intense season. Uh, others players try to recover from injuries or, uh, I don't know, to, to optimize their rehab process. Um, some of them try to use the time to improve uh, uh, physically, but also uh, some, uh, some, on, on some fundamental skills. So, uh, you know, which is uh, uh, your experience? How do you manage, uh, I guess, together with the coaching staff, this very important period of the year from where you start okay uh before before we start that uh i want to talk about 
when I when we first started working together, uh, you know, twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, this did not exist. Uh, I remember at as soon as the season was over, uh, I would go home to Vancouver, and I would have one or two player visits for the summer, and that was it. And then we would say, "See you, uh, see you when the season starts." Mm-hmm. Now the NBA has evolved where. My busy season now is the off season where I have to visit multiple players. I have to go to different cities. I have to meet with different trainers and so on. Uh, the, the, the evolution of keeping our guys active, keeping our guys involved throughout the summer has completely changed in the NBA. And it's not just our team. It's, I mean, it's, it's with, uh, with all the teams in the NBA. So, you know, I just like to, you know, tell you about the evolution of training basically mm-hmm. and and how important it is, the off season really is now for for a lot of uh coaches um as far as uh preparing for an off season uh this this season is a little bit different for us uh it's been eight years since we haven't made playoffs and so make uh when we when you do make playoffs and you go deep into the playoffs uh your off season completely changes and your off season plan changes uh like for example, uh, the year that we won the the championship in 2019, uh, you're going into July almost, mm-hmm. and at that point, it's almost just rest and recover. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, uh, you know, we got knocked out early, and we're starting mini camps next week already. So we've we've been able to give the guys uh, approximately two and a half, maybe three weeks off. And then now we're going to start up again, and it's going to go up. It's going to go and continue throughout the whole summer. So what we have done as a uh, as a team, uh, first of all, the medical team has a, a year end meeting, and we evaluate each and every player. Uh, so we start out with players that have had uh, previous uh, injuries, uh, weaknesses, and so on. Uh, the players that we really need to think about uh, harder. And we start on them. We focus on what did what what's the best rehab, prehab, what's the best techniques for uh, his uh, his strength. Um, what do we need to uh, to to do for his weaknesses? Um, once the medical team has kind of created a a program for them, then we talk to the coaches, and then we ask the coach, coach, and assistant coaches, developmental coaches. They all we're all in the same meeting. What do you want to see from this player for next year? What is what is the goal for him to be able to do? Do you want him to be quicker? Do you want him to be more explosive? Do you want his endurance to be better? So on. And then after we gain the information from the coaches, we speak to front office. We, we, we ask the front office, what are your goals for this player? What do you want mm-hmm. to see uh, next year? And then once we've accumulated all the information, we go to the player. And we ask the player, what do you want to see? And then we, we're, we're very upfront and, and we tell them, this is what front office wants. This is what coaches want. This is what medical wants. Does this align with what you want? And so we have to create some sort of compromise or, you know, especially if it's a, if it's a younger player, there's really not much compromise. This is what we're going to be doing. So, uh, you know, it's very collaborative. Uh, you know, Throughout the season as well, not just in the off season, uh, we meet once a month. 
So there's a representative, there's three representatives from the medical team, three representatives from the coaching staff, uh, three reps from front office. And then uh, we have uh, two or three reps, uh, our psychologists and our player development. Player development also means uh, outside of basketball, their life, their marketing, whatever outside things they have to do, such as uh, they have to do appearances and so on. Because that all entails uh, uh, as, as a focus for that player. So we have to see the player as a whole, not just as a player. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's very interesting. Uh, like you said, also in Europe, uh, things are changed. I've just finished my my meetings today with the team where I'm working and uh, exactly talking about uh, uh, all these aspects. Uh, uh, main goals uh, from, uh, from the health, let's say, um, information and uh, main goals uh, from a physical standpoint, from a technical standpoint. And after we try to wrap up all this information and uh, talking with the players about what we are expecting from, from you, which is uh, the effort that we are expecting for you during uh, the summertime. And um, so you just anticipate my second question, because uh, like you say, uh, we can follow few players. Uh, for example, we did practice today. We are in a, in a mini camp as well. Uh, but after this month, uh, all the players are, you know, are, are managing their time differently. So some of them uh, uh, have their private coaches, uh, private therapists. So uh, you got to, you know, know a lot of people. You got to share information with a lot of people. And uh, how you how can you manage I mean, this uh, this situation? Uh what the team is uh, deciding is a kind of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, main goal, or uh, are you able to share this information with, uh, with, uh, with the players' people? Because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got to optimize all the information. You got to have the player involved in the project also during the summer. Yeah. Uh, so at, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Uh, Remember when we had our first, I'm not going to mention names of players, but uh, <laughs> remember when we first started, we had our, our, our number one guy and we, mm -hmm. I had to go do a player visit with him and we had yeah. set up a, a coach already. We had to set up a coach for him to go to, to improve everything yeah. because we weren't able to be there all the time. Yeah. And he had supposed to be doing it for over two and a half, three weeks already by the time I went to go see him. And then when they did go see him, that was his first day that he's actually been there. You know? <laughs> and and it's just like, you know, what's going on here? Let's, this this is not going to work if the player is not 100% buy-in to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, that, that, like, and now fast forward to 12 years later. Now all these guys take these off-season coaches and off-season trainers seriously. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, it's – it, they're responsible for them. They have to. Do, mm -hmm. They have to pay for their salaries, so they're taking mm -hmm. it more seriously. Instead of instead of a team covering the bill, if that was the case, uh, and mm -hmm. they have to take it take it a lot more seriously. Uh, as far as relationships, I depend on these off season coaches. I have to depend on them, and I have to have a great relationship with them. Uh, you know, uh, usually I start off the conversation of. Uh, what are some of the things that you are doing 
Uh, do you notice any difference? Uh, do you, is there any weaknesses that you see that we don't see? Uh, so I have to have that, that uh, two-way conversation all the time. And what I like to do is I don't want to just go in there and say, no, you have to change the program and you have to do this and this and you have to do it our way. That doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of see what they're doing and then subtly make certain suggestions based on uh, that athlete's health. So, for example, if, if that ha- athlete has uh, chronic back issues during the season, mm-hmm. well, then I don't want that coach to be doing back squats with them in, in poor mm-hmm. form, for example. Uh, so I say, hey, can we find an alternative because he's had these issues throughout the season, can we find uh, something else that we can do so that we don't uh, irritate that area? So, you know, you know what the, sorry. Go ahead. No, no you know what, what I'm trying to do? It's like uh, the same approach that uh, uh, some doctors uh, have with the players, you know, like in the second opinion. I try to share all the information that I have with them uh, about the season, for example, and I try to, like, to create a priority, okay? We can discuss about exercises, approaches, whatever, but which is the priority? Like you say before, it was mentioning before, we decide which is the priority for the off-season. So this is the main issue. Is a health, is a physical, is technical, whatever. It's not just one. So we create a scale. Like This is the first goal. This is the second goal. This is the third goal. If you have some, some more time, we can do also something else. But... Be focused on the main issue, you know, and I like to share with the coaches about that because many coaches try to apply their, let's say, methodology, their their ideas. You know, training is a, such a, a creative field, you know, so you can find people that has so different ideas and I'm not discussing, I'm not judging, you know, it depends from your experience, from, from where you're working, but I got the responsibility from my organization. So when you get objective information about the players and you can draw a priority let's discuss about if it can work or not yeah absolutely so for example you know like you said some of these coaches are really gung-ho and want to do these things at a certain time Uh, now that like for example now that we're early uh, with our early exit we have time to help these guys build to get ready for the uh, for the beginning of the season and preseason. So, for example, if I had a coach uh, uh, working with a player and they're starting plyometrics already, that's not mm-hmm. going to benefit my guy. I have to mm-hmm. say, hey, coach, what do you think about uh, easing into it and then possibly doing it right before the season starts, for example? Mm-hmm. So that so we're now peaking. Yeah, optimizing the periodization of like different exercises and so on. Okay, and and uh, you know they don't uh, a lot of uh, I should say so, some of these uh, outside coaches do not re- realize the actual uh, load of the regular season, and once we start, you know, you're playing almost every other day, you're traveling and so on. You know, it's between three to four games a week, and so uh, we have to also make sure that we're fitting in the proper rest times. Uh, during the off season and that these, you know, the outside trainer is not like, we need you to reach to this certain level just so that he can say that 
this is what they're performing at. That's not the goal. The goal is to get ready for the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes a little bit of a back and forth, and you just have to have a good relationship, and you have to have a good conversation with these coaches and, you know, kind of make them understand that this is – the end goal is the start of the season, not what you want them to be able to do in the middle of July, for example. Yeah. Uh, and Don't fall there, to yeah. yeah, there's no need for that. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we all know that to be a good basketball player, you have to play basketball. You know, no <laughs> matter what, no matter what we do in the weight room, there there are exactly. some benefits. Uh, we're going to say there are there's a lot of benefits, but it's the stuff that we're going to do in the weight room is not going to make you a better basketball player. It's going to make you a better athlete. Yeah, but for them to be a good, better basketball player, they have to play basketball. There's no, there's no getting around that. No shortcut. <laughs> no, no shortcut. No shortcut. And so, uh, you know, so like that conversation we have with our coaches. Okay, when do you want them to start playing? You know, at the beginning of this, you know, like for example, this mini camp that we're going to have, it's all going to be technical stuff, just shooting. There's not going to be much load. There's not going to be one on one. There's not going to be three on three. Nothing like that. This is not the time for it yet. So we're going to gradually. Uh, and uh, the, the the next camp will be okay. Now we're going to do a little bit more of this to peak up to the summer summer league where they're going to be playing actual games. And then uh, just before the preseason, we'll have like smaller camps where we actually just play. And then we peak off the uh, condition uh, strength and conditioning stuff and start peaking towards the basketball stuff. So right now it's a heavy heavy strength and conditioning program for the first two, two and a half months. And then we're going to slowly ease off and then let them do the basketball stuff. And we just do the maintenance stuff right into the preseason. Does that answer the question? Absolutely. And just to let you know, I'm still in touch with some coaches that uh, were managing our players at the time. You know, we I, I did build a great uh, relationship with them. And yeah. um, I, once again, I'm still in touch with them. Uh, we like uh, to ideas and methodology so when the the person is an open mind it's very easy to build a, a relationship you know and uh, and uh, once again it's very important for the player that all the people from the staff on their own personal staff are on the same page the players yeah. have to be in in the middle of the program not different uh, let's say approaches different ideas let's discuss you know on the backstage Let's find a compromise if it's necessary. Let's decide which are the priorities. And uh, we try to do our best any single day. So yeah, this is I, a... You know, some of the difficulties that, that can arise is that the player's trainer is getting paid by the, the player, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's sometimes it's difficult for them to say no and and only do the things that the player wants to do. You know, sometimes they're caught in a little bit of a, of a, a, you know, a, a tough situation. Oh, this player only wants to do this. Well, he's paying me, so I'm gonna just do that. So mm-hmm. sometimes uh, what has happened as well is I will, when when I meet with that play, uh, that trainer and establish like, I, I think we need to try and do this and this and this. And then they'll tell me this situation, like, well, he only wants to do these things. And I have a conversation with them. Well, 
you need to help him and say, this is the reason why we're doing it and just convince him, right? Mm -hmm. Just because you get paid by him, you have to start acting like a coach as well, not just employee. Yeah, not like a and, friend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, or a friend. And and sometimes that's, uh, that's a little bit uh, uh, a motivation for them to start doing those things as well, right? Okay, let's try to generalize. And, you know, I'm thinking about uh, uh, also the experiences that uh, our listeners uh, can have. If you have to generalize the main goal for an off-season program, which could be for a basketball player. I know that it's important to have uh, an individual program. I know that health issues are the main uh, to be considered. I know that, uh, you know, we can uh, go deeply inside details, but... If you are thinking about a, a big scope, you know, a big scenario, usually main goals for the off-season for an elite basketball players, which are? Well, I, I think that changes depending on how far you go. So I've been now I've been in the situation where we go deep into the playoffs and, and all the way to the finals. Then that summer is just a recovery. That's the main goal. Right. Mm -hmm. This, this year is totally different and we're out. So the main goal is, uh, like I guess, to be, just to become a better athlete uh, in the weight room and then also uh, have some aspects of the basketball portion of it, like whether it's becoming a better shooter or becoming a better defender and so on. Okay. And again, it's, it's based on the goals that, that we've, we've set, up, set as a group of what we want to do. And it's just a matter of how much time do we have to do it, right? Okay. Like, you know, that, that year that we won the championship, basically we needed, we almost, everybody needed three weeks off. So that was in July. So, in, and then you're going right into summer league already. Yeah. So basically, you know, I'm not complaining, but I barely had two weeks before we started doing camps for drafts and so on, right? And so you're, you're constantly just, there's, there's, there's no off season anymore. There's no, no real time off anymore. Uh, like we used to have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, it depends on how deep you go. Uh, if that, if that player has, uh, a, a really bad injury, um, uh, you know, you take this time to really redo the rehab properly so that he is ready to go by training camp. So each player is going to be different. I guess. Okay. Uh, let's face this summer, the next summer. You know, this summer there are the Olympic Games. And I know you, you do work with the Canada team uh, again, don't you? Yes. Yes. I'll be working yes, on okay. it next week. Yeah. Great. Great. So in this situation, uh, with players that have a national team tournaments during the summer, uh, there is still room for some uh, off-season goal. Uh, I mean, or, or absolutely not. I mean, they're not necessary. Like you say, just a question of recovery and after you go with the national team and after you come back. Uh, how you, let's say, manage the situation with the players that have uh, their uh, national team activities and an important uh, tournament like the Olympic Games next, uh, this summer? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a couple of players that are in that situation. Uh, one of them is going to be... Uh, playing for their home country. Uh, we, if, if that player has some issues, I will reach out to their national team coach and say, here's what we had 
to deal with all summer. Can you please help them with these areas? And and mm -hmm. fortunately, uh, so some of the coaches that I've I've, uh, I've talked to already are are very willing. And and sometimes it is also based on how many minutes that player played throughout the whole season and and how much of a, uh, how much time that they were on the floor, for example. Um, so the season that we won, uh, one of our players had to go to the national teams for the world championship. So I flew to I flew to I flew to that country and spoke to them. And our main goal was this player just won the championship. Now he's going to go play for his national team deep into the summer. What is this player going to be like when we get him in September? There's, you know, we were worried about the overtraining aspect uh, for this player, but we can't deny him playing for his country. So, uh, you know, when we went over there, we said, here's the timeline. This is when you're going to be playing. And this is when we expect him to be back at camp and so on. You know, could you just, could you please just make sure that he's not overtrained, for example, right? So, you know, again, you, you have to have these conversations. Sometimes they're difficult conversations mm -hmm. because the national team wants that player to be able to perform for them. And we need that player to be able to perform for us when he's finished with his national team. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, a cycle of sometimes too much work for some of these guys. Right. Conflicts of interest. <laughs> you gotta be ready on on both sides. It's a very oh, 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 time. It's it's not. I I, th I think it's very delicate moment also when players come back from the national team, because yeah. uh, once again your season start, and they are coming from an amazing experience, very heavy. Because uh, you know you know I've coached a Russian national team, Italian national teams from for many many years, so I know how it works. And um, after an intense period of work, not just physically, technically, technically, but when you play for your national team is also emotionally intense. You know, you represent your country. So it's not like a, a game, okay? It's not a normal nope. game. Think about the Olympics game. It's amazing. You know, I, I was so lucky to have this uh, experience in the past. It's, it's very, very intense emotionally, uh, the tournament. So how you manage players when they're coming back? You know, once again, you're always, you know, you're always, uh, you know, uh, mentioning how important it is to share information, how to talk with organizations, you know, uh, putting all the issues on the table and have to find compromise, you know, or take uh, decisions in, in a proper way. So, but once again, when they come back, are you able to save them in somehow? Are you able... To, I mean, talk with your uh, coaching staff to say we gotta be careful for I don't know two or three weeks. We gotta help the player to bounce back in a decent uh, shape uh, to recharge their batteries. Uh, you know, mentally, mentally or physically. Yeah, it can be done we, uh, or not? Yes, the, that, that's that's absolutely what we did for that one player uh, after after the World Championship. You know, he went to the NBA championship and then he goes to the summer and wins the world championship. Uh, how, how, how better of a year can you get, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we, we, knew, we knew coming in what, what state he was going to be in. So, for example, when training camp 
started, uh, guys started to come in early. We told them to come the very first day. So we gave them some extra days off. And then uh, when, when our training camp would start and we'd have two a days, he would only do one. He would only do one practice instead of the two and so on. You know, and we're, we're trying to just manage him until the start of the regular season, not, not preseason. His skills are there. You know, yeah. he's got everything else. Well, but like you said, the, like the, 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 mental, uh, the mental fatigue of playing the national team, like, like you said, you, there's there, what, what they call the uh, Olympic hangover after you've been training, <laughs> training yes. for this certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, like my, myself, I was part of the uh, 2000 Olympic team when we went to Sydney. And then once, you know, there's the Olympic hangover or the uh, uh, post-Olympic uh, depression where you're amped up for so long. And then once it's over, you're like, oh, what is what's this mean when I'm just being here at work? You know, yeah. you, you have that. Didn't the whole time. <laughs> I didn't recover yet after long. It's <laughs> <laughs> been an Olympic hangover after many years <laughs> no it's true it's true absolutely it's true what you say absolutely but uh, you know theoretically uh, we are on the same page uh, I agree with you sometimes uh, you know coaches and think about their own team uh, you know to play their own games uh, with their own players so it's not always easy you know to apply uh, you know what, what, what you say and I'm happy that uh, you are able in your organization now to to touch all these points are so important. So let's talk now, you know, I, I want to, for a second, you know, jump off uh, the box of the NBA. That's uh, very interesting for all our listeners. But I want to go practical because we have so many students or young coaches just uh, approaching to this experience uh, uh, from few years. So let's try to give them some uh, some uh, advices, for example. So we which are, if you have in mind, once again, try to simplify um, you know all the the, the topics, uh, which are the the five or less bullet points um, of your strength conditioning uh, program uh, for the summer. So uh, once again, if you can uh, also create a priority. So you say you was mentioning before about uh, um, optimize the recovery or uh, um, you know optimize the rehab process. There are some other, let's say, uh, points that you consider very important for the off-season, for any basketball player, not just for, uh, for the NBA player. Now, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I have one. I think one okay, of the most man. important things for these, uh, one of the important things for these, these young coaches is, just do what's best for the player, not what's best for you. That's what's best for the program. Do what's best for the player. And sometimes we also get very caught up in our program. Oh, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Well, not all the players can do the things that you want them to do. So you, I think one of the important things as a young coach, be adaptable. You're going to have mm -hmm. to change all the time. Uh, you're going to have to change because uh, coaches want something else. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to say no to that coach. Uh, sometimes the player wants something else, and you you might think that this is better, something else is better for that player. You got to be able to adapt, and you have to be able to change. Uh, you know, as as far as 
As far as like a, a physical thing for our players, besides recovery, I think the movement, the movement area of direction, changing, being able to change direction and, and training for that. So for example, you know, a lot of times when we do conditioning, uh, for example, you would say, okay, you're going to run 10 lengths of the gym, straight running. But in basketball, 50% of the time is running backwards or sideways. So why are we training mostly on conditioning where you're only running forward in a linear pattern, mm-hmm. right? Train, train the way that you play. Uh, so, so for example, uh, say I'm going to do a conditioning drill. The first set might be 10 straight running. Second set might be you run there and then you backpedal. Then the third set might be you have to slide three slides before you sprint. So you, you add these different patterns and these different types of movement so that the player is more adjusted to it instead of just like running on the treadmill, running for 30 minutes. Yeah, you could run on the treadmill, but that's not going to translate on the basketball floor. Mm-hmm. Right. So. so your first point is uh, work. Uh, you know, try to work on your players' weak points. Okay, we can summarize in this way. You know, yeah. So try to understand what is necessary for your players and try to adapt your program to players' needs. So this could be the the, the first step. And um, uh, to close, last question: uh, Is there one assessment, or one evaluation, or one test that, in your mind, is very important? You know, to to keep players motivated, uh, to keep players uh, on track. Uh, you know, something that uh, you are using to say, look, reading these numbers, I I would like to adapt your program this way. If it, it does exist, or you can say no, I got ten or none. Up to you. Uh, one of the things that I found very useful is the, the one that you introduced me to is the uh, the jump mat. Okay. The jump mat, and then we use we use that a lot at the, at the as a as a baseline in the in the preseason when mm-hmm. the players come in. Okay, get on it, and we do the the jump mat, the four peat tests. Mm-hmm. So we find out you know their numbers uh, two feet. We find out their numbers uh, left and right. So they do mm-hmm. a single leg as well, and so now we have a baseline uh, of of them being healthy, for example. Yeah. Okay. So now, for example, two months later, they have a, a, an ankle sprain. And once they're able to get on the jump mat, we can compare those numbers and say it's a left ankle sprain. Those numbers are way lower than what they had when he, at the beginning of the year, where they, he's not ready yet. That's just a very, very simple test. And, you know, sometimes you'll ask, Ask the player how they feel. Like I feel great, but the mm-hmm. numbers don't show it. So we're like, okay, we're just going to hold you off for maybe a couple more days. Let's see what we can do to make this better. I think that's a really, really simple test and easy to yeah. easy to do. It only takes barely a minute to do it. Yeah. Now limbs uh, limbs asymmetry is very important data to collect. And uh, you, you know because uh, you you have uh, uh, seen and tried. The, the Tecumseh ski run, so you know, you know that you can have this uh, information about uh, running asymmetry. Also, when players are running, or yes. they are like uh, pushing a sled, so in the pushing mode. So uh, I, I love to use this technology because, uh, like you say, jumping 
is an uh, application of, uh, of power in any case in a vertical way, but sprinting yeah. and running is another important, uh, let's say, pattern. So having this information in a neutral way, you know, uh, also when they are running or they are sprinting is very, very important. But, you know, I, I got something else in my mind. You know, what I'm using from long, it's uh, body composition. You know, uh, I like to motivate players to to understand their body composition. So lean body mass, uh, body fat, total water, uh, bone density, all the information about how their body is adapting. Because when you track uh, players, you know, during uh, the old season, you can have a different uh, evaluation from the different moment. You know, when they're playing a lot, when they're not playing, when they are recovering. So, uh, you know, I like to, I mean, to share with my players uh, this information because uh, I can manage and adapt nutrition, training, recover, a lifestyle in a simple test that doesn't cost uh, energy or the effort, just a few seconds. And uh, once again, when you get a lot of numbers from a specific cluster, from specific, I mean, basketball players, for example, in our, in our case, uh, numbers are very, very, very important, and uh, can 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 be used in many ways. So this is why I try to to push my students, you know, to to see body uh, composition in a different way, not just a, like an assessment about nutrition, but directly connected with training and the, and and uh, training load, uh, tra uh, training stress, and uh, and anything uh, players are doing. Yeah, I don't uh, know if you. Are that's, no, that's what we do. We we, we do uh, weight and body fat every month. It's very okay. important. And, and I know there are some teams uh, that take it very, very seriously to the point where if the GM doesn't like a certain number, you will not be playing until <laughs> yeah, you get to I, that number. Oh, no, it's a He's a common friend of, of, of us. <laughs> He's a friend I know of you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not ready to be a basketball player. You are. <laughs> Drop that cookie. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. John, thank you so much. It's always a great pleasure. And, uh, you know, thank you for your time. I know that you're very busy. I wish you all the best for your... Uh, national team so i will follow you you know uh in, in this uh, this new challenge the new adventure and uh once again you know i hope to see you soon you know i'm trying to plan to come back into you as soon as possible and it's one of my dreams you know to to meet friends and uh, to spend some time with you and your family you know so hopefully absolutely can do it as soon as possible yeah, no, uh, you know, you have, always have an open, open invitation to our house. Even if we're not there, we'll leave the key. You stay at my place. Always okay. Open for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Alessandro. Thank you for everything. Anything, yeah. We, we just, no, we just, we just end this podcast with these beautiful words from John uh, and you, Francesco. As always, it's been a pleasure uh, for me uh, to, to host. For, for us, for a performance lab to host and to, to, to have guests like this. So again, John, thank you very much to be, to be here with, you, with, with us today and see you in the next episode of Performance Quest. And this is a goodbye from my side, from Alessandro. 
and all the performance lab stuff. Uh, you, I leave you the word for the for the closing. I uh, just want to thank everybody, uh, Alessandro, uh, Francesco. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. It was very uh, great questions, uh, and thanks again for sharing the knowledge. Okay, see you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye guys.